Well, Grizzlies fans, we got the answer. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Los Angeles Lakers will be coming to the M-Town on Sunday. But we got the answers to some other questions, too. Or maybe not. Steven Adams, what's the status update there? We talked to Taylor Jenkins at practice. So the Lakers, Steven Adams, and much more around the Grizzlies. We got you covered right here, right now, in a jam-packed episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. Oh, we have so much. We have so much to cover on today's edition. So make sure you stay tuned with us. I know some of you want to tune in for a little while and catch the little tidbits here and there, but we got a lot to discuss. We got to start off with this matchup coming up after we tuned into this Lakers and Timberwolves uh, game. The Lakers defeated the Timberwolves, so that's the upcoming matchup for the Grizzlies. I also attended practice on yesterday, and there was a lot of takeaways there on Steven Adams, John Morant update, Santi Aldama update, uh, some Desmond Bain tidbits, Dylan Brooks. We talked to him, Kenneth Lofton Jr., and much more. I want to tell you all about all of that in this episode, so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. But first thing first, today's episode is brought to you by Hello Fresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use the code NBA60 for 60% off. That sounds like a lot to me. 60% off plus free shipping. So all you have to do, again, go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60. That's the number six zero. And use the code NBA60, NBA60, for 60% off plus free shipping. Well, we got to start with the game from last night, right? Uh, The Grizzlies weren't playing, but uh, this play-in game was interesting because you had a couple different angles here, right? You got the Timberwolves, who were the team, Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, former Grizzlies, but also the team that the Grizzlies played in the first round last year. Then you had the Los Angeles Lakers, all the history with the Lakers, right? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, 2020 bubble champs, and trying to get back to the top and all of that stuff. But uh, it was a fun game, I thought, at least. Uh, The Timberwolves pretty much controlled the game most of the night. And the Lakers, in the end, I mean, the Timberwolves, just some puzzling decisions. Some turnovers by, you know, Kyle Anderson down the stretch. Uh, Anthony Edwards settling for a lot of jumpers. I believe, you know, there was some discussions about some injury things there and whatnot. But uh, I think he shot three of 16. But the Lakers pounced. The Lakers uh, pounced on all of that. Carl Anthony Towns got in foul trouble. He picked up his fourth foul late in the third quarter. And at that moment, you knew here comes a run because the uh, Timberwolves are already without Rudy Gobert and, and you know, Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed. So all in all, the Timberwolves made this game very close and were very close to winning it. Pretty much 
led for the majority of the game. And the fact that they took the Lakers to the wire, uh, I think that that kind of loosened up some Grizzlies fans. And some of you seem like the Lakers, we talked in the past oh, a couple days about the potential of the Lakers or the Timberwolves. And a lot of the people that I talked to preferred the Timberwolves because the, Laker, the Lakers were a scarier opponent. But uh, watching the Lakers play against the Timberwolves, I don't think anyone uh, thought that was anything frightening uh, by watching that game. They definitely looked very beatable to me. But that's that game. Uh, the Lakers – and the, Tim, and the Timberwolves match up completely different than the Lakers and the Grizzlies. We'll break all that down over the course of the rest of the week. But a couple things that stood out to me uh, that could play into this. One, a Grizzlies-Lakers series, this will be the first time uh, that these two teams have met in playoffs. I think this is a fun fact for you. Now the Lakers, one of the NBA's most historic franchises, have played every Western Conference team in the playoffs except the Los Angeles Clippers. So they've played the Grizzlies and the Clippers with the last two. And now this will be uh, the first time that the Grizzlies and Lakers uh, meet in a playoff series. So that's going to be a fun history uh, to take care of there. And there's all the fun matchups, right? There's the John Morant uh, angle here. There's the, the Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Anthony Davis. Uh, Dylan Brooks guarding LeBron James. I talked about this uh, before, but Dylan Brooks held. LeBron James to 8 of 21 shooting in the one matchup they played earlier this season. And I think in the month of January, that was LeBron's second worst uh, field goal percentage shooting game in the entire month of January. So uh, Dylan Brooks did a pretty solid job on LeBron, but LeBron's supporting cast looks much different now. And it's going to be a different ball game. It's going to be a different ball game. So, but watching this, watching that Grizzlies, and not Grizzlies, uh, that Lakers and Timberwolves game. Something that stood out to me is after the game, Chris Finch, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves coach, by the way, uh, kind of had a couple things to say about the officiating. It's kind of become a, a popular thing when it comes to the Lakers. If you aren't familiar, uh, the Lakers lead the NBA in free throw attempts per game. Uh, they have four players. Average who average above 3.5 free throw attempts per game. That includes LeBron James. Uh, Anthony Davis is at 7.9 free throw attempts. LeBron's at 5.9. And I believe Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is at about 4.1 attempts per game. And Austin Reeves is a shell below that at about 3.8 free throw attempts per game. But the point is, they have four guys who get to the free throw line at a reasonable rate. To put that in perspective for you, uh, the Grizzlies have two guys and Ja and Jaron, who average above uh, the aforementioned numbers I just said for those four Lakers. Uh, Desmond Bain is just behind them with 3.5 free throw attempts per game. So if you watch the Grizzlies, you know Desmond Bain gets to the line at a decent rate. I don't think he's horrible at getting to the line. So that just kind of, you know, puts in perspective for you how much do the Lakers get to the line. But Carl uh, Anthony Towns was the biggest, uh, you know, he kind of was the biggest – he was the guy who least benefited from uh, the Lakers' ability to get to the free throw line. Uh, LeBron James uh, just got downhill and went right into the chest of Carl Anthony Towns there in the fourth quarter for him to pick up his fifth foul. And Carl Anthony Towns had to play the rest of the game with five fouls. And even before the fifth foul, as we mentioned earlier, he had four fouls. I think Kyle Anderson had to guard – 
Anthony Davis for an extended stretch, and that just trimmed the Lakers trimmed uh, the Timberwolves' lead from that point because again the Timberwolves didn't have Rudy Gobert who was on a one game suspension. The Timberwolves didn't have Nas Reeves who's been one of the best backup centers in the NBA this season. Uh, Nas Reeves out out for the season. Rudy Gobert was on a one game suspension. So at that point, it was either you go to Nate Knight, a third. I mean, a guy who you know, played at William & Mary in college and hasn't really played a lot of minutes this season. Or you turn to Kyle Anderson, your veteran player, and just rely on help and things like that. Uh, the Timberwolves chose the latter, and it didn't work out. So that was one thing that stood out to me. is A series at the Lakers, you're probably going to deal with a lot of whistles uh, going their way. Uh, so prepare yourself for that. Uh, but you just hope the whistles kind of – you want them to – to, to not be heavily uh, towards one or two players or, that, who are constantly in foul trouble, in particular, you know, a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. But we'll talk more about that uh, later. Uh, LeBron and Anthony, LeBron James and Anthony Davis also stood out to me. Uh, these are the two guys, as I saw from this game and just from all season long, these are the two guys that make the Lakers go. Uh, LeBron James in particular, his two-way uh, ability. Uh, LeBron's 38 now. He's an older guy. So with that being the case – uh, what you see from LeBron now is there are spurts where he turns it up defensively. And those spurts tend to be bigger now. That is the play-in game. That's the playoffs and, and et cetera. Uh, those spurts will be bigger. But there was a stretch early in that game where I saw Kyle Anderson attack LeBron and he put up a floater and LeBron really didn't contest it. And then there's later in the game, uh, Kyle Anderson went, went at LeBron and he had to – you know, throw the ball at an awkward angle, high off the glass, try to get it over LeBron. And, of course, it didn't go in. But it was because LeBron put more effort and energy onto that defensive possession. Uh, from the Grizzlies' perspective, what that means is early in the game, you should want to make LeBron James work on the defensive end because he's clearly uh, going to be trying to conserve energy for that later stretch uh, he's an older guy now, and that's, I think, one of his ways he tries to conserve energy that stood out to me in that game. Uh, he definitely wasn't he, – he ramped up his defensive intensity as the game went on. I think it was like in the third quarter when I noticed that LeBron was back to his all-defensive type uh, days, which he still has in the tank, but he just – he uses it in variances now kind of when it's most important. Then uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, this guy – I think at this point he knows how dominant he can be. Uh, that's something I know Grizzlies fans have wanted Jaron Jackson Jr. to get to that point. And quite frankly, if you look at March and April, he looks like he is on that way there. But Anthony Davis was named the player of the month for March in the couple games that teams played in April. And we saw why. I mean, he is a force. And when when you put smaller guys on him, you have no chance. So that's that's another thing. We talked about the front court issues that the Grizzlies have had lately. Uh, you're going to have to use your size against Anthony Davis. Again, when Kyle Anderson and smaller Timberwolves were matched up against Anthony Davis, it was it was food. It was food. He had his way, and it was just layups around the rim with little resistance, and he's a decent free throw shooter. Uh, it's it's just not a it's not a matchup you want to be in. So those are some of the things that stood out to me just from an instant analysis perspective of watching that Grizzlies. I mean, I keep saying Grizzlies, watching that Lakers and Timberwolves game on uh, yesterday. So it's a it's a good game overall. It was sloppy, a little bit sloppy, but I think I mean two teams really wanted it. They were getting after it on the defensive end as well. 
Uh, so I think that definitely played a role in that being the case. But speaking of playing a role, uh, the Grizzlies probably won't have Steven Adams to play the role of the, the big screen setter and the rebounder and all of that. But there are some other positive updates from practice uh, that I attended on Tuesday. We're going to talk about all that coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Ultimate GM. Because, see, I, I know a lot of you out there. Uh, I, I can tell just based on the things you say to me, you comment back to me. Some of you want to be GMs. Some of you have that that GM mindset. And guess what? If you want to be a GM, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the place for you to go test out your skills. It's the coolest game I played in a long time. And and I play games, by the way. So I've always thought that I could be a great NBA GM. And, but when I played this game, it's not really that easy. You got to deal with a lot of things here that you probably don't think about uh, when we're talking about playing a game. I'm talking about uh, this game forces you to deal with personalities of the players. You got to hire the coaches. You got to hire the assistants. You got to trade. You got to train players. And, of course, you got to make the draft picks. It's all the keys to navigating your franchise, including through free agency, through the draft, ups and downs, through each and every season. Man, look, this game is challenging. It's realistic. And I, I think that you should check it out. But your way of checking it out is, look, Locked On Grizzlies listeners. Check this out. Locked On Grizzlies listeners now. That's you. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Again, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you go check it out. And to that, to download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. Uh, that's probasketballgm.com right now. So go start your dynasty. And when you do, remember, let, let, let me know what you're working with over there. Let me know what you're working with. But coming up on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to talk about practice on Tuesday. What I learned, uh, updates on Steven Adams, uh, more definitive things that we talked to Taylor Jenkins about. We'll have that next coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies returned to practice on Tuesday, and pretty much everyone uh, was there with the exclusion of Desmond Bain. We can knock that out now. Desmond Bain was not at practice on Tuesday, but it is not nothing to be worried about. Not anything to be worried about. Desmond Bain missed practice because of the illness. Uh, Taylor Jenkins told us. He basically said, you know, no long-term concern there. So uh, Desmond Bain wasn't at practice. Uh, Brandon Clark was off to the side. Looked like he was doing some rehab work. We saw Steven Adams uh, shoot some free throws. And I posted a picture on Twitter, Steven Adams, at practice, and I think a lot of the fan base, and you know, I, I hate to tell you, you guys this because I know everyone wants Stephen Adams to return, and and we know how much he means to the Grizzlies. But uh, Taylor Jenkins basically said it's pretty much confirmed that Stephen Adams will not return for the playoffs. But I think when when fans see those pictures from practice of him out there and things like that. You want to believe different because the Grizzlies haven't come out and definitively shut him down for the season. Well, here's what we know. At this point, pretty much saying he's not going to play. Uh, they haven't completely ruled it out because there may be a slight miracle here where he could return later, later on into the postseason. But right now, it's it's out of the question. 
uh, talking to Taylor Jenkins, uh, one of the I'm going to read one of the quotes that he said. Uh, and this comes out of my story on the commercial appeal. So you can go check out the full story and you kind of get the full of uh, the briefing there. But here's what Taylor Jenkins said. He said, we thought we were making headway with the process, talking about uh, talking about the return of Stephen Adams. He said, we thought we were making headway with the process and all that, but each, evaluate, each evaluation we had with the doctors kind of revealed that it's not progressing like we needed to. No set, no setbacks, no re-injuries. It was just not progressing to a level. Obviously, some unfortunate news, but that's why we're going to try to do everything possible to try to get the best decision possible for him, him as in Stephen Adams. So basically what we know here is uh, Stephen Adams injured his right PCL against uh, the Phoenix Suns late in the fourth quarter, right as the game was ending, actually. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, tragic looking back on it, how that uh, played out, but Injured, injured himself there, uh, I believe the timeline was four weeks or so. And then early March came, uh, fans thought we were getting closer to to uh, a return. And even Taylor Jenkins came out and said that Stephen Adams was participating in five-on-five, which is usually one of the last signs. But he also said that they needed some doctor's approval. Well, uh, the doctors kind of determined that, that everything wasn't right in Stephen Adams's knee yet, and he needed a stem cell injection. Four more weeks for a reevaluation period. So that kind of put him on the timeline for the last week of the season. I know there were some extreme optimist people out there who were saying, oh, yeah, get Stephen Adams back for the last week, maybe get him to play one of the last regular season games, and he's good to go for the playoffs. Well, not so fast. Uh, the Grizzlies, again, were hoping for the best. And I've said this before, but they – reached out to multiple doctors, talked to multiple doctors. I think we we uh, said last week after uh, the initial MRI, the Grizzlies uh, made it a thing to go see a couple more doctors to get other further opinions on what was going on uh, with Stephen Adams. And what they've gathered here is they're just not confident in letting him return to the floor. So you see him out there, you know, doing the little free throw shooting and workout stuff with the team. Uh Steven Adams is a, you guys know, he's a tough dude. He wants to be around the team. All the players uh, talk about uh, what he has meant. You know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. talks about how he's helped him. Uh, Xavier Tillman talks about the things they discuss with stuff like screen setting. Jaron Jackson Jr. talks about how he makes his job easier, but he's talking to him all on the floor. Steven Adams is one of the leaders on this team. So just because you see him on the floor, uh, it doesn't mean too much. I mean, Brandon Clark, again, was at practice as well. Of course, he was off to the side doing his, his rehab uh, work with minimal, uh, you know, he wasn't around the players, basically. But Stephen Adams is at practice as well. So that's because you see him at practice. I, I don't think you should take much from that until uh, we hear something uh, more definitive on a timeline. And I don't want anyone getting their hopes echoed. that. It doesn't sound like he is going to return. Uh, this postseason. But switch over to more good news. Uh, John Morant, I know a lot of you have seen him at the games, uh, icing his hand uh, that he that he injured uh, in a previous game. And then you've seen him again uh, at practice, uh, icing his hand up a little bit. So talk to Taylor Jenkins after that. There's no concern here. Right now, they just want him to ice his hand as much as possible uh, at this point. But no long-term concern on John Morant. Santi Aldama. Uh, left elbow, right? 
uh, hurt the left elbow against New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, and there was, I mean, the way the injury looked, there was some out concern there that this could be a serious thing. Uh, talking to Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies kind of uh, set Santi Aldama out those last two games for precautionary reasons. So he was at practice. He had on like a, a compression sleeve on his left arm, but all indications are that he will be good to go uh, for game one of that series against the Lakers as well. So all things clear on Santi Aldama, all things clear on John Morant. Desmond Bain missed practice because of an illness, but it sounds like he'll be fine as well. So the injury front is clearing up from that side of things. But now uh, the Grizzlies are going to need more than that. The Grizzlies are going to need some players to step up and while they're on the floor. And one of those guys is Xavier Tillman. I'm going to tell you why in a second, but before I tell you about that, I want to talk to you about FanDuel. FanDuel right now has the Grizzlies as slight favorites. You should go check it out now. The Grizzlies are slight, very slight favorites over the over the Lakers in that first round series. But the thing about FanDuel is, look, FanDuel is the place you go for, for, for your betting needs in here. And, and we're going to talk about uh, baseball, right? Because baseball is a big part of FanDuel right now. In, in NBA, you got playoffs. It's limited teams. In MLB, you got 30 teams playing right now. And look, grand slams, no hitters, double plays, all of it is back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel because it's the, num- it's the number one sports book in America. New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000. All you have to do is just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once you do that, you sign up, you place your first bet, and you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And remember, the thing about FanDuel is uh, you can build up a same-game parlay as well. You can and you can do that in the NBA. It's simple. Just pick players. Hey, I want this player to score this many points. I project this this player to score that many points. I project this player to get this many rebounds. And you package it all up into a parlay uh, to where you can win some big money. So don't miss your chance at that no sweat first bet if you haven't signed up yet. And if you have signed up, all you have to do is go over to FanDuel.com to enjoy America's number one sports book out there. That's FanDuel for you. But coming up on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to talk about Xavier Tillman. He's a big piece to this series coming up. Let's talk about that right after the break. So the Grizzlies missing Steven Adams, missing Brandon Clark. It, it forced them in a way. You had to go bring in uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Talking to Taylor Jenkins about that at practice. Susan. He actually said what probably will surprise some of you. He, the Grizzlies did kind of do their due diligence uh, through all channels before, you know, internally upgrading Kenneth Lofton Jr., meaning they probably looked at some other veteran guys out there and some names, you know, I would have thought of off the top of my head, uh, maybe a Hassan Whiteside, uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, these are unconfirmed from the Grizzlies side, but these are just names that I think would have made sense, especially now when you talk about the size advantage uh, that L.A. Uh, potentially could have. Uh, in this series, because with the Grizzlies, yes, you have you have first one, you have Jaron Jackson Jr. There's no no concerns about a size advantage when it comes to him. Xavier Tillman Sr. is a great defender who plays much bigger than a six eight. He's listed at 
And then there's uh, Santi Aldama, who's pretty much a seven-footer, 6'10", 6'11". But the thing about Santi Aldama is he's still kind of small. So as you're taught pretty much from the youngest days of playing basketball, when you go into the chest of a taller guy like Santi Aldama, uh, you make him smaller. And a lot of teams and players have done that this season. So, yes, he's 6'11 in height, but since he hasn't fully developed on the strength uh, side of things, he isn't really going to scare a lot of guys uh, with that height. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to scare some guys. But in order for him to scare some guys, you need him to be on the floor. There is a way for the Grizzlies to keep Jaron Jackson Jr. on the floor in this series. And that direct way of doing so is Xavier Tillman Sr. Anthony Davis, I already talked about it. 7.9 free throw attempts per game. How do you think he's getting those free throw attempts? He's getting to the line. He's an aggressive dude. And his style of play, at the end of the day, as a fan of basketball, you want to see Jaron Jackson Jr. and 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 Anthony Davis going at it. You want to see it, right? But as a fan of basketball, I also don't want to see Jaron Jackson Jr. pick up two quick fouls with eight minutes left in the first quarter and be forced to sit until – you know, midway through the second quarter or something. You also don't want to see that. You want these guys on the floor making their impacts uh, for their teams. And the best way for the Grizzlies to keep Jaron Jackson Jr. on the floor is maybe to take him off of a matchup with Anthony Davis for long period of stretches. And the guy who on the team right now is your best suited to guard Anthony Davis is Xavier Tillman Sr. First, let's start with process of elimination, right? Uh, Santi Aldama, I just mentioned probably too small. And we literally saw in that game yesterday, uh, Anthony Davis had some bully ball type possessions against Carlington Towns, who's much you know, stronger at this point of his career than Santi Aldama is in his. Uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. just got upgraded to a standard contract, but it's a little bit on the shorter side. And we're being honest, his, his offense has never been a problem. Uh, the, the Grizzlies have kind of you know, wanted to adjust him to, to playing their defensive style. And talking to, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. yesterday, he he mentioned that, you know, uh, basketball is a team sport, which he's 100% right about. And he's going to have help, you know, in those matchups against those bigger guys and things like that. But Anthony Davis has been double teamed for pretty much his entire career. He'll see the help where it's coming from, and he knows how to counter it. He knows that the help's coming from, you know, the left side, how to turn to his right shoulder and go up over uh, Lofton Jr. or whoever the case may be. But at the end of the day, those guys off your bench, you, you don't want them guarding Anthony Davis. You don't want you don't want Dylan Brooks guarding Anthony Davis in stretches either because as good as he is against – has been against guys like Laurie Markin and, and, and uh, Zion Williamson – and whatever the case may be, Anthony Davis is a different breed because he has the height, but he has he has the mid-range uh, game, and he's going to shoot over you. We talked about Kyle Anderson, who I think uh, most people in Memphis can agree was a great defender in his time in Memphis and has been a really good defender in his time in Minnesota. And he was child's play for, for Anthony Davis. It was it was easy. It was easy in that late in that third quarter. Go look at it. It was very easy work for Anthony Davis. So – all of that brings me to the point of just saying, hey, you need Xavier Tillman Sr. to play big. For one, 
Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be there to help you. Uh, you look at the, the Lakers' starting lineup. It's tailor-made for the style of defense that the Grizzlies want to play. And that's one of the things I think initially works in the Grizzlies' favor. But this is a playoff series, so we'll see what type of adjustments will be made over the course of that series. But it's tailor-made because you got two guys in your backcourt, uh, Austin Reeves, you got D'Angelo Russell, and then you got Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron James. LeBron James is going to get guarded by Dylan Brooks. Uh, the two backcourt guys, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, are going to be guarded by John Moran and Desmond Bain. That leaves Jared Vanderbilt. And Jared Jackson Jr. is going to get that matchup. And what we've seen Jared Jackson Jr. kind of thrive in this season is kind of this role, if you're, you love football, I'll say like a free safety, you know, where he just lurks in the back end and he kind of goes wherever he's needed. And if you're not a football fan, he just, let's say, on the basketball court, you can just find him anywhere. That's why if you look at his block charts, he has blocks on the left side of the court. He has blocks on the right. He has blocks in the paint. He has blocks near the free throw line. Jaron Jackson Jr. has blocks everywhere because against certain teams, he's able to roam all over the floor. And this would be one of those teams. Uh, if Jared Vanderbilt, who, by the way, has not been a good three-point shooter over the course of his career, if Jared Vanderbilt is in the starting lineup, which he will be because he's a great defender. Uh, he's one of the guys uh, the Lakers will throw at John Morant, I believe, uh, looking at that last game against uh, the Timberwolves, uh, Jared Vanderbilt guarded Anthony Edwards. So I thought that was a nice tell-all sign there. But looking at his three-point shooting uh, this season in 1.3 attempts uh, per game for the Lakers, he's shooting 30% for the for the full season, he's shooting 32%. For his career, 28.8% as a three-point shooter. Uh, they're going to invite him to shoot the three-pointer. So Jerry Jackson Jr. is going to sag off. And even when Xavier Tillman Sr. is giving up positioning against Anthony Davis, you better believe uh, Jerry Jackson Jr. is going to come to the rescue. And sometimes he'll get there, sometimes he won't. But he is going to come help out. And when LeBron James gets the, the angles on Dylan Brooks and he's driving downhill with all 250 pounds, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be the help. Now, I will say this, because it's not that simple with Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt knows his game. Jared Vanderbilt is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league, and he is relentless on the glass, period. He was relentless in that game against the Timberwolves. He was relentless last season when he played with the Timberwolves, when they played against the Grizzlies in that first-round series. This dude attacks the glass like a madman. So sagging off of him, you basically give him a free run to the glass. So it's kind of a take-it-or-leave-it thing. You, 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 the good is you get Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of to help out defensively against these other matchups, and you kind of minimize uh, – you know, some of the advantages that the Lakers have, you know, with a LeBron James getting downhill or with Anthony Davis and his height advantage against Xavier Tillman Sr. away from the basket. You kind of minimize those things, but you probably maximize uh, Jared Vanderbilt's ability to crash the glass without getting the body on him. The Grizzlies will have to find out, find ways to get bodies on him uh, when he gets that free run to the rim because he's going to crash hard if that Timberwolves gains any indication of just his career up to this point. He's going to crash the glass, so it is definitely something uh, to monitor uh, in 
that series. So Xavier Tillman is the first player we point out. We're going to point out many more players, of uh, course, the rest of this week and the Grizzlies who will be off today. No practice today for the Grizzlies, but they, they probably will practice on tomorrow. So we'll have more updates around the team on then. For now, continue to follow my coverage, uh, the Commercial Appeal. Continue to follow uh, Joe Mullinex's uh, coverage as well. But thank you for uh, tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to like, comment, subscribe, all those good things uh, to continue to tune in to our coverage uh, there as well. But we appreciate you for tuning in to today's episode. Now make your second listen uh, game to game because every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game, Locked on. Now it's available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the week. Me and Joe Mullinax uh, should be together for the very next episode of Locked on Grizzlies. So make sure you come tuned in for that as well. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I'm getting excited. I don't know about you. I know. Tell me the vibes. Let me let me know how you're feeling as well uh, in, in our comments section as well. Uh, let me know how you're feeling because – I think this will be a fun series. You know, talking to Dylan Brooks, I didn't mention this earlier, but but talking to Dylan Brooks at practice, kind of, you know, getting this feel for, hey, you you know, Timberwolves or Lakers, what you thinking about playing? He basically, he said, I wouldn't mind playing LeBron James, you know, getting the opportunity to knock LeBron out in the first round and things like that. So it's going to be a fun series. Uh, antics aside, you know, I know all the Shannon Sharp, Dylan Brooks, uh, that whole thing on the court. On the court, I'm, I can't wait to see the mind match. You know, John Morant, uh, players in the NBA, Draymond Green complimented his IQ. Uh, LeBron James, we we know his IQ. I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. But this is going to be a series where your first move may not be your best move. Your first move, you know, may cause the other team to make the adjustment, where he, and you have to find another adjustment to counter that. So excited just to see the chess match uh, that'll take place as well. But appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you stay tuned with us uh, over the course of the playoffs, over the course of this series against the Lakers. It's going to be fun. Me and Joe are going to have our breakdowns uh, for the rest of the week. So appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. We'll see you next time on our next episode on tomorrow. Stay tuned. Stay locked in, Grizzlies fans.